Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. Since 2018, Republicans have spent at least $227 million on TV advertising to get somebody to try to kill Nancy Pelosi. And we now know how they finally got their money's worth with David DePappi, who has now been charged federally with attempted kidnapping of the Speaker of the House and assault on the immediate relative of a federal official. And although they are not calling it this, he has, in effect, confessed, confessed it was a political crime, confessed he attacked Pelosi because she was the head of the legislative part of the Democratic Party, confessed he did not know Paul Pelosi, confessed he intended to hold Paul Pelosi hostage until Nancy Pelosi got home when he would hold her hostage and then break her knee caps unless she told him some kind of truth and he hoped to use her to lure some other figure to him. The political advertising monitor group Ad Impact documents 530,000 airings of Republican ads focused against Nancy Pelosi in the last four years, priced at $227 million. 
143,000 airings of TV commercials this year focused against Pelosi, costing $61 million. They have shown her head in flames. They have shown her face framed by the barrel of a gun with a firing bullet with red bleeding down the screen. They have shown her this year shot at by an Arizona Republican. It is stochastic terrorism, and it works. It put David DePappi in her home Friday. This is violence inspired by the Republican Party, funded by the Republican Party, rewarded by the Republican Party, and every Democrat and every news commentator and every reporter who does not say this is an accessory after the fact. Because right now, the Democrats and the mainstream American media are treating this as if this psychopath had sent Nancy Pelosi a mean-spirited tweet. And Republicans, not just the fringe, like Congressman Clay Higgins or Junior Trump or Elon Musk, but sitting senators like Ted Cruz have created and bolstered a complete and slanderous fiction about what they want their cultists to believe, quote, really happened. And if America does not come down on Ted Cruz and Elon Musk and these other scum like a ton of bricks, we will have a kidnapping or an assault or an assassination every week in this country, and soon or late, the victim will be a conservative. And God knows what happens then, because having created the America Donald Trump wanted, the fascist will be stunned beyond words when that American madness claims one of their own. And this all roots back to the unlimited money. In the race for the House seat in the 5th District of Connecticut in 2020, the total spending from outside that district was $68,000. This year, it is $7,200,000. And there are jaw-dropping increases like that everywhere in this country. And there are no curbs. There are no limitations. And so there will be millions more spent in the next week convincing somebody somewhere to try to attack Nancy Pelosi again, or President Biden, or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, or Raphael Warnock, or God knows who else. And that which came to a nightmarish head last Friday actually began on January 21st, 2010. That $227 million the Republicans have spent in four years to remove Nancy Pelosi, remove politically or literally, became legal on January 21st, 2010. And the connection only writ home with me when I read yesterday of new polling in Michigan and New York conducted by Kelly and Conjob Consulting and paid for by Citizens United, David Bossie, president and chairman. On a very cold morning, Friday, March 6th, 1857, a very old man who was born barely eight months after the Declaration of Independence was adopted, a man who was married to the sister of the man who had written the Star-Spangled Banner, a man who was personally enlightened enough to have freed his own slaves and given pensions to the ex-slaves who had become too old to work, he got up and read aloud in a reed-thin voice a very long document. And in it, he ruled on a legal case involving a slave brought by his owner to live in a free state yet to remain a slave. The case, of course, was known by the name of that man, Dred Scott. 
The old man reading the decision was the fifth Chief Justice of the United States of America, Roger Brooke Tawney. And the outcome, he believed, would be to remove and settle the burning question and danger of the abolition of slavery from the political arena in America for once and for all. It would be made permanent. In fact, the outcome was the Civil War. No American ever made a single bigger misjudgment than Roger B. Tawney. No American ever carried the responsibility for the deaths and suffering of more Americans. No American ever was more quickly vilified. Within four years, Chief Justice Tawney's rulings were being ignored in the South and in the North. Within five years, President Abraham Lincoln, at minimum, contemplated arresting him. Within seven years, Tawney died in poverty while still Chief Justice. Within eight, Congress had voted not to place a bust of him alongside those of the other busts of the other former Chief Justices. But then on January 21st, 2010, John Roberts got Roger B. Tawney off the hook. It was a decision that is well on its way now to having even more dire implications than Dred Scott v. Sanford. The Roberts court declared that because of the alchemy of its 19th century predecessors, who decided that corporations had all the rights of people, any restrictions on how these corporate beings were to spend their money on political advertising, any restrictions at all were unconstitutional. The case was Citizens United versus Federal Election Commission. In short, the First Amendment free speech for people which went into effect in 1791, was applied to corporations, which were not recognized as the equivalents of persons until 1886. In short, there became no checks on the ability of corporations or unions or other giant aggregations of power to decide our elections. None. They can spend all the money they want. And as we have seen in the nearly 13 years since the decision, if they could spend all the money they wanted, sooner rather than later, they would spend all the money they wanted. And they would implant the legislators of their choice in every office from president to head of the visiting nurse service. And that is one of the ways we got Trump and one of the ways we may get simpletons like Herschel Walker and the primary way we got David DePappy. And as we have also seen... If senators and congressmen and governors and mayors and councilmen and everyone in between are entirely beholden to the corporations for election and re-election to office, they would erase and have already erased many of the checks that might still exist to just slow down the ability of corporations to make and decide the laws of this country. It is almost literally true that any political science fiction nightmare you can now dream up, no matter how you are politically conservative or liberal, that political science fiction nightmare became legal on January 21st, 2010. Because the people who can make it legal can now be entirely bought and sold. There are no actual citizens required in the campaign fundraising process after Citizens United. And the entirely bought and sold politicians can change any laws and any legal defense you can structure now can be undone by the politicians who will be bought and sold into office a week from tomorrow or two years from now or two years after that. The day the Supreme Court ruled on Citizens United, I went on at length on Countdown 
about the practical implications of the decision, permit me to read this part as I wrote and read it on January 21st, 2010. Let's contemplate what that perfectly symmetrical money-driven world might look like. Be prepared first for laws criminalizing or at least neutering unions. In the court decision, they are the weaker of the non-human sisters unfettered by the court. So as in ancient Rome or medieval England, they will necessarily be strangled by the stronger sibling, the corporations, to make sure they pose no further threat to the corporation's total control of our political system. And be prepared then for the reduction of taxes for the wealthy and for the corporations and the elimination of the social safety nets for everybody else, because money spent on the poor means less money left for the corporations. Be prepared then for the ban on same-sex marriage, on abortion, on evolution, on separation of church and state to end. The most politically agitated group of citizens left are the evangelicals. Throw them some red meat to feed their holier-than-thou rationalizations, and they will not care what else you do to this corporate nation. Be prepared then for racial and religious profiling, because you've got to blame somebody for all the reductions in domestic spending and civil liberties just to make sure the agitators against the United Corporate States of America are kept unheard. Be prepared then for the end of what you're watching on television. And I didn't just mean me or that program or that network. I meant all independent news organizations. And kiss whatever right to privacy you think you currently have. Goodbye. And anyway, what are you going to complain about if you don't even know what happened in the new world unveiled on January 21st, 2010 by John Roberts? Who stops Rupert Murdoch from buying the Associated Press? That's what I said on January 21st, 2010, and so much of it, unfortunately, not accurate, but understated. On that day of the Citizens United decision, which in mythology would rank somewhere between the bottomless pit and the opening of Pandora's box, the decision got next to no coverage in the right-wing media, almost nothing in the media um, in the middle, and a lot less than necessary on the media in the left. So what are we going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Turn to free speech advocates? These were the free speech advocates. The lawyer for the humunculus who filed the Citizens United suit, David Bossy, was Floyd Abrams. Floyd Abrams, who had spent his life up to that point defending American freedom, especially freedom of speech. Apparently, this life was spent that way in order to guarantee that when it really counted, Floyd Abrams could help the corporations destroy free speech. His argument translated from his own self-satisfied legal jargon was that as a function of the First Amendment, you must allow for the raping and pillaging of the First Amendment by people who can buy the First Amendment. Floyd Abrams will go down in the history books as the quizzling of freedom of speech in this country. That is, if the corporations who now buy the school boards, which decide which history books get printed, approve. If there are still history books if there are still public schools. So what are you going to do about it? Russ Feingold told me that day that there might yet be ways to work around Citizens United to restrict corporate governance and how corporations make and spend their money 
And I pointed out that any such legislation, even if it somehow sneaked past the last U.S. Senate, not funded by a generous gift from the Chubb Group, would eventually wind up in front of a Supreme Court, and whether or not John Roberts were still at its head would be irrelevant. The next nine men and women on the Supreme Court would get there not because of their judgment, nor even their politics. They would get there because they were appointed by a purchased Republican president and confirmed by purchased Republican senators. And that was an understatement. So that is what John Roberts did on January 21st, 2010. This is a Supreme Court-sanctioned murder of what little actual democracy was left in the American democracy. And almost foreseeably, it was also the attempted literal murder of Nancy Pelosi after Republicans were permitted to spend, because of Citizens United, a total of infinity dollars to make her the target of some demented loser out there who turned out to be named David DePappy. It is government of the people, by the corporations, for the corporations. It is the Dark Ages. It is our Dred Scott. I would suggest a revolution, but a revolution against the corporations, the corporations that make all the guns and the bullets, and have since gotten the red states to fetishize the guns and the bullets and the people in them to value the guns and the bullets ahead of the lives of their own children who are killed with those guns and bullets? Maybe right now is as bad as it gets. Maybe the corporations legally defined as human beings these last 12 years, but without the pesky occasional human attributes of conscience and compassion, maybe when handed the only keys to the electoral machine, maybe they have gotten enough with this redesign of America in their own corporate image. Maybe they have found the full move from flawed Republican democracy to politics by guns and hammers and zip ties unseemly and unnecessary. And somebody will say, whoa, we can't actually have them killing Nancy Pelosi. But let me leave you with a final question about this. If the corporations don't think this perversion of America that Citizens United let them create has given them all the power and all the money they would ever want, and that they, in fact, want more of both, and that they want every Democratic politician's kneecaps broken by malignant idiots whom they brainwash stochastically to do it for them by ad after ad after ad after ad on television. If the corporations and the evangelicals and the Supreme Court and the fascists and the Republicans and the Trumps decide they want more, who's going to stop them? Still ahead? God damn, but you forget on top of everything else what an idiot Clarence Thomas is. The affirmative action debate. In worsts, finally, a Republican candidate makes the mistake of saying where he thinks that school is that installed litter boxes for a student identifying as a cat. Since it's not true, and he mentioned their name, they may sue him. And the day in 2009 when Bill Maher and I nearly got in a fist fight over the day in 1978 when Bill Maher and I nearly got in a fist fight. Things I promise not to tell coming up. That's next. This is Countdown. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Countdown with Keith Olbermann. Still ahead on Countdown, the executive producers of 2,000 Mules have been jailed. Woohoo! And finally, one of these Republican nitwits makes the mistake with the stupid litter box conspiracy theory. He names a school. And I think the school's going to sue him for it. Plus, it took 31 years to figure out where I knew I knew Bill Maher from. There was nearly a fistfight. In fact, there were nearly two fistfights in two different centuries. Coming up in things I promise not to tell. First, though, in each edition of Countdown, we feature a dog in need whom you can help. Every dog has its day. Let's go to Pearl in Nashville. Proverbs 1210 Rescue has her. She's a little malt or poodle mix, maybe. She was attacked by another dog in her home. Her jaw was broken. The human doesn't have the money for surgery. Pearl obviously can't go back and live there. And they're trying to cover at least $3,000 in expenses. If you can help, they are on Twitter, at TN Proverbs 1210. Also, Pearl will be in the pinned tweet on my account for dogs in need, at Tom Jumbo Grumbo. Your pledge will be a great help, as will your retweet of Pearl's story. Thank you.
postscripts to the news, some headlines, some insights, some snark. Dateline, the Republican Supreme Religious Court, Washington. We forget sometimes with his sexual harassment scandal and his insurrectionist wife and his constant alliances with fascist politicians that Justice Clarence Thomas is also an idiot. As Scrotum, I'm sorry, SCOTUS, takes up the University of North Carolina and Harvard affirmative action cases yesterday, Thomas asked the lawyers, I've heard the word diversity quite a few times and I don't have a clue what it means. When one of the lawyers defending affirmative action quoted studies indicating that racially diverse stock trading groups actually make more money, that there's tangible evidence that it works, Thomas replied, I guess I don't put much stock in that because I've heard similar arguments in favor of segregation, too. What a cartoon character he is. And not a funny one. And Dateline Houston, well, this is more like it. Two prominent election deniers and conspiracy mongers have gone to jail. Catherine Engelbrecht and Greg Phillips. True the vote. It's not just a conspiracy theory. It's a grammatical nightmare. True the vote claimed there was a person who let them access the Connect Elections Management Software Company, but that person was a confidential FBI informant, and they couldn't name him. The judge ordered them to name that person. They refused, with Phillips saying he couldn't because of the drug cartels. The judge said, what drug cartels? What the hell do the drug cartels have to do with it? They don't have anything to do with this. And they said, if you continue to refuse to tell me, I'm going to hold you in contempt and jail you. And hot damn, yesterday, the judge jailed them. Punchline. They are the executive producers of the Laugh Out Loud Funny Dinesh D'Souza joint, 2,000 Mules, the title of which actually simply is there to describe D'Souza's house. This is SportsCenter. Wait, check that. Not anymore. This is Countdown. With Keith Olbermann. In sports, the NBA has yet to act against Kyrie Irving, the Brooklyn Nets guard who seemed to imply a threat of anti-Semitic violence during a post-game press conference on Saturday night. Irving was grilled about having posted a link to an anti-Semitic movie and book, and he replied by saying, quote, I'm not going to stand down on anything I believe in. I'm only going to get stronger because I'm not alone. I have a whole army around me. Kyrie Irving has gone through the earth is flat stage in public and then an anti-vaccine stage in public and now a the Jews control our thinking stage in public. And while it would be nice to get him some smarts or at least sit him down with the Anti-Defamation League, we really need to stop anti-Semitism in this country right now. So I'm going to suggest banning him from basketball for life and letting Kyrie Irving go shout his crap on a street corner somewhere. Game three of the World Series rained out last night, should be clear in Philadelphia the next three nights, but Philadelphia is infamous for World Series rainouts. Game five in 2008 was suspended by rain with water puddling in the infield in the sixth inning on Monday night in Philadelphia, and it was not resumed until Wednesday night in Philadelphia. Game four of the 1911 World Series was scheduled in Philadelphia for Wednesday, October 18th, and it rained so long, so hard, that the game was not played until Tuesday, October 24th, six days later. 
Whenever they play again, the umpire whose perfect score on balls and strikes behind the plate in Game 2 Saturday has my apologies. His name is Pat Hoberg, but I called him Pat Hoiberg, obviously confusing him either with the Nebraska basketball coach Fred Hoiberg or Dr. John Zoidberg from Futurama. Now, this is a confusion common with people of a certain age like mine, and it also might stem from simply, you know, watching too much Futurama. Coming up, I knew that I knew Bill Maher from somewhere, but it took 31 years to figure out exactly where, and it almost ended up in a fist fight twice. Things I promise not to tell coming up. First, it's the daily roundup of the miscreants, the morons, the Dunning-Kruger effect specimens who constitute today's worst persons in the world. The bronze Tara Reed, the big Lebowski and American Pie actress, Halloween is over now, and thus, so too is her humiliation. Tara Reid posted a photo of herself in her Halloween costume, which was a red cat suit with a dozen red playing cards on it, and her caption was, Queen of Hearts! I feel like a superhero in this outfit, unquote. One problem, the cards on her outfit of Queen of Hearts are all diamonds. The bronze to Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, the osteopath of Olmsted Falls, Ohio, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny not only claimed COVID vaccines made people magnetic because of the 5G towers, she demonstrated it before the State House of Representatives. She had a colleague try to stick a key to her own neck, and of course it fell off because people are morons! But now turns out that Dr. Sherry Tenpenny is being investigated by the Ohio State Medical Board. Nobody is saying why. It's probably not just the magnetizing stuff. My guess is, oh, by the way, she sells a book about her vaccine findings, and she sells a podcast, and she sells courses. We'll see if any of the investigators' findings stick. But our winner, the Republican fascist candidate for Senate from New Hampshire, Don Bolduck, He is just the latest out of a couple of dozen Republicans repeating this urban legend that their friend told them his kid goes to this school where they let the other kids identify as cats and had to put in a litter box for the cats. And so they go in it, ick, and and they put Mentos in a Coke can. And this one kid, he got shot all the way to the moon. Problem here for Mr. Bullduck, who the national GOP PACs have financially given up on. And that is, he named the school where they were supposed to be doing this. It has come to our attention, tweeted the Pinkerton Academy in Derry, New Hampshire, that at a recent event in Claremont, Don Bolduck named Pinkerton in false claims, suggesting that unhygienic, disturbing practices are taking place in our classrooms and spaces on campus. We want to assure our community that Mr. Bolduck's statements are entirely untrue. We invite all political candidates to speak with members of our administration or visit our campus so they can inform themselves about our school before making claims about what occurs here. There's a lot of pleasant but still legal language in there. Lawyer up, Don. Don, I wish I was making it up. I honestly wish it was a Saturday Night Live skit. You did make it up, you half-wit. Bullduck. Today's worst person in the world! 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Now to the number one story on the countdown and my favorite topic, me, and things I promised not to tell. We are now in November, meaning I met Bill Maher 22 years ago this month. Or did I? Sometime in 1985 or 1986, I saw a movie on cable called DC Cab. There was a character in it. Clearly, the actor portraying him was talented and funny. But for some reason, I felt like I knew him from somewhere, and I really didn't like him. I remember the feeling was so strong that I stuck around to watch the credits to find out who he was. His name was Bill Maher? M-A-H-E-R? Well, I had a teacher named Bill Maher, but his name had a Y in it. He was my advisor in high school. No, it wasn't him. But I knew three things. He was talented, I didn't like him, and I knew him from somewhere. This is pre-internet, of course, so no way to find out where I knew him from. Hallowell's annual film guide would be my best bet. Maybe he'd be in the new one coming out, checked calendar, just eight or nine months from now. Eventually, I found out Bill Maher was in the year ahead of mine at Cornell University. He was not at my radio station. He was not in my college. Maybe I knew him from a class somewhere. I could never nail it down. 
I like to say I have a photographic memory, but it's all Polaroids, and I haven't always bothered to label them. Almost everything that ever happened is stuck inside this big, empty head of mine, but often key details like who, what, when, and where are just missing. Never wrote them down. And honestly, in this case, it was not worth the effort. I knew I was, what was the right word? The word was aware of him when we were both in college. Occasionally, especially after I went from ESPN to MSNBC in 1997, a writer would note the coincidence of university and years and ask me about it, and I would say just that. I don't remember if he was in a class with me or I knew him somehow, but I was aware of Bill Maher. And then 22 years ago this month, November 23rd, 2000, I went on his old show, Politically Incorrect. It used to be the late night show on ABC. This was when I was doing sports for Fox in L.A., and it was an all-sports episode. Lennox Lewis, the boxer, Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, Todd Zeal, the first baseman of the New York Mets, and me from Fox Sports. When I met Bill Maher before the show, I asked him about Cornell and whether or not we ran into each other. I didn't know anybody there. I didn't see anybody. I didn't do comedy anywhere. I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't meet you. Okay, excuse me. That settles it. Except during the recording of the show, when Maher contradicted me on some point, I got angry at him. And there was no reason to get angry at him. So I dismissed the anger and I dismissed the moment. Except on the way home, I kept thinking... I know him from school, somehow, no matter what he says. And I know I didn't like him in school. In the next decade, Bill switched to his weekly HBO political show, and I went back and turned MSNBC into a political network, and the internet happened, so the Cornell juxtaposition became easier for reporters to stumble over. So I would tell them the same thing. I can't remember the details, but for 29 years now, I have been convinced I was aware of Bill Maher at Cornell. Finally came the day, March 20th, 2009, when they asked me to go on real time. And Bill Maher, Cornell University 78, asked me, Cornell University 79, something about colleges. And I said, well, as you know, we overlapped at Cornell. And I don't know if we met, but I was aware of you there. And he interrupted and said, no, you weren't. And I just went back and answered his question. Now, after every episode of his program, Marr has, or at least had, a little party backstage. I mean, catered with booze and with more guests than there are people in the studio audience and usually a bunch of models. Having done that show four times where they will fly you in first class and put you up for the weekend in L.A. just to do their show and there's a party I began to suspect that, like many of the guests, Bill Maher does the show just so he can have the party. Anyway, not long after it started, over comes Maher, and he's mad at me. And mind you, even if his allegation that he is 5 feet 8 is correct, I'm just under 6'4", so he's giving up a lot of height during an argument. And he starts yapping about how I should stop saying I was aware of him at Cornell. And I'm just trying to get publicity off something that never happened. And who could remember that kind of crap anyway? And he never talked to anybody in four years in college because, quote, except for the Ithaca High School students I sold drugs to, unquote. And I notice he's getting heated. And this is just triggering that core belief of mine that I was aware of him in college and I didn't like him. And now it becomes clear to me, he didn't like me either. 
He's getting loud enough, and he's swinging his arms around now, and it looks kind of funny, but apparently it happens in the office sometimes. And this is when Scott Carter, who was the executive producer whom I definitely did know since like 1992 when he worked at Comedy Central with my friend Alan Havey, Scott Carter comes over to defuse the situation. Scott was a three-piece suit kind of guy with the thumbs tucking the vest who would call a group of men fellows, as in, say, fellows. So Scott comes over and says, say, fellows, with your Cornell alumni reunion here. And of course, this makes Bill Maher even angrier. Let me ask you something. I used to drive down from Hobart to see concerts at Cornell. Have to say, I think Cornell was the leading concert school in the nation back in our day. And now Scott starts to list who he saw in concert at Cornell. Robert Palmer and the famous Grateful Dead concert at Cornell at Barton Hall. He was there. And I say, I went to Springsteen. And Mar mumbles something about Loggins and Messina. And I know what Carter is doing here. He's diffusing. And we do a couple of rounds of who saw which Cornell concert. And finally, I say, I can top both of you comic geniuses. I saw Robert Klein in concert at Cornell. Now, it is criminal, but there's an excellent chance you may not know who Robert Klein is. Suffice to say, as prominent a comedian in the 60s, 70s, 80s as George Carlin or Richard Pryor, HBO itself was built on annual George Carlin concerts and annual Robert Klein concerts and everybody else. And Robert Klein wasn't quite as deep or eternal as George Carlin, but he was really on the money during Watergate and during Reagan. So I say, I saw Robert Klein in concert at Cornell, and Marr looks at me funny and not angrily and says quietly, I was at that too. I saw Robert Klein too. And I don't really register that Marr's mood has now utterly changed. He's not angry. He's confused. Well, I say, I can still top you because after that concert, I interviewed Robert Klein. Now Bill Maher starts to squint, and he looks at me, and he looks at Scott Carter, and he looks back at me, and he says, wait, I interviewed Klein after that concert, too. And I'm smiling through all this and smiling and smiling and smiling. And then suddenly, simultaneously, it hits Bill Maher and me at the same moment in the same fullness of detail. And I stop smiling and I shout at Bill Maher, you! And he pulls his arms in towards his stomach and kind of bends forward at the waist and covers his face with his hands. And he says, oh, God, I'm so sorry. Jesus, it can't be. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And while the anger wells up inside me so powerfully I can almost see it in my own eyeballs, Bill Maher's concert-going producer Scott Carter is really confused. Say, fellows, did I miss something? Did I have a brief stroke or episode? And I say, Bill and I just remembered how I happened to be aware of him in school. And Marr still has got his hands over his face, and people are looking at us, and Bill is shouting apologies, and I say, you want to tell him, or should I? And Marr just shakes his body no and mumbles, no, God, you do it, I can't, I can't, I can't. And it all came back to me. For years, I would tell people the story of the Robert Klein concert at Cornell University in 1978. Our radio station co-sponsored his appearance along with the Cornell Concert Commission, and in the contract, we specified 
that a couple of us real comedy nerds at the radio station would get to go backstage afterwards and tape a brief 10 or 15 minute interview with Robert Klein. Basically, paid, we paid him, not much, but we paid him to do an interview. And when my pal Andy Grossman and I get backstage to talk to Robert Klein and we have our two microphones and two mic stands and three tape recorders, there is this guy, this short guy, and he's yelling at the chief of the Cornell Concert Commission and he's yelling at Robert Klein's manager and he's demanding that he should get to interview Robert Klein because like Klein, this kid says he is a stand-up comedian and he publishes the Cornell Humor Magazine and he points at me and he says he should get priority over these, quote, Corporate sellouts from the Cornell radio station. I hated him on sight. Oh, wait, I say to him in 1978, and he's small and he's got dirty, stringy hair and he's loud. And I say, you're the publisher of the Cornell Humor Magazine, the Cornell Widow? And he snorts and says, I would get caught dead publishing that corporate sellout Cornell Widow. And so I say, oh, so then... That means you're the publisher of the Cornell Alternative Humor Magazine, the not-so-big red or whatever it is they call it. He says, no way, they're corporate sellouts. I publish this. And he pulls out a stack of mimeographed pages stapled together, and there's like a drawing on the front of a naked girl, and handwritten it says it's his comedy magazine. And I look at Robert Klein's manager, and I say, so it's 10 o'clock, and if you leave now while, while this idiot is screwing this up, the, the limo can still get Mr. Klein to Elaine's in the city before it closes, right? And the manager is wildly impressed. You know of Elaine's? And I said, yes. And I felt like an adult. And I also said, if we give this guy five minutes of our time right now while we're setting up our tape recorders, can we still have 10 minutes with Mr. Klein? And the manager says, good plan. I like the way you think. And he points to the kid and gestures for him to come along. No, the kid shouts. I want half an hour. These corporate sellouts deserve nothing. And now I'm getting angry. I say, buddy, so far, all the corporations in the world have paid me about 100 bucks. So I threaten him. Now, mind you, I believe this is literally true. Since 1967, when I was eight years old, I have started two fist fights. Two in 55 years, I am a man of peace. I am loud, but I am a man of peace. But I say to this guy, you now have two choices, kid. Five minutes with Robert Klein, or I hit you in the face. And he runs to where Klein's manager is still gesturing towards him, and he screams, corporate sellout! And he disappears to do his interview, and behind him he leaves his little homemade mimeograph, 10 or 12 page humor publication. And I pick it up and I read it and register it and dismiss it before I leave the building. And if I had only remembered what it said on the cover, all the years of mystery and I was aware of him and all that would never have happened because the cover of the magazine read Bill Maher's Comedy Magazine by Bill Maher. And now back in, well, Technically, this is correct. Back in real time at the party in the Hollywood studio in 2009, the producer Scott Carter says nothing. And Bill Maher is still doubled over in shame. And I say, are you satisfied that I was aware of you? And he mumbles, yes. And I say, will you ever question my memory again? And he mumbles, no. 
And he says, if I need him to do my show or a charity benefit or something, just call. And he says he's ashamed, and he offers me his hand to shake, and we shake, and finally I say, and and by the way, Bill Maher of Bill Maher's Comedy Magazine by Bill Maher, are you a corporate sellout? And he says, kinda. And that's how I was aware of Bill Maher in college. Sellout! I've done all the damage I can do here. We did a little promotion yesterday, so if you are a first-time listener and you're still listening, thank you. And help me out. Spread the word. Tell somebody else about this podcast. Get them to follow it. Here are our credits. Most of the music, including our theme, which is Beethoven's Ninth, was arranged, produced, and performed by the great Brian Ray and the great John Philip Chanel. They are the Countdown musical directors. Brian has this side gig with some guy named McCartney, I think. All orchestration and keyboards by John Philip Chanel. Guitars, bass, and drums by Brian Ray, produced by TKO Brothers. Other Beethoven selections have been arranged and performed by the group No Horns Allowed. The sports music is the Olbermann theme from ESPN2, and it was written by Mitch Warren Davis, and it appears courtesy of my friends at ESPN Inc. Musical comments were by Nancy Faust, the best baseball stadium organist ever. And our announcer today was Larry David. Everything else was pretty much my fault. That's countdown for this, the 665th day since Donald Trump's first attempted coup against the democratically elected government of the United States. Arrest him now while we still can. A new episode tomorrow. Until then, I'm Keith Olbermann. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, and good luck. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax, Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.